Hello. In this episode of the Gossip Protocol podcast, we discuss work-life balance. Everyone can agree that a healthy work-life balance is a good thing. So here we discuss factors that influence a healthy work-life balance, such as how you end your working day, employers' responsibility, and the future of the work-life balance as lifespans increase. So that game, click, 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 click. So Hello and welcome to this episode of the Gossip Protocol podcast. I'm Ratna and with me today there is Andrew. Hello Andrew. Hey Ratna. James. Hi everyone. And Tom. Hey guys. Tom's performing a dual role today. He is a, a main speaker as well as twiddling the dials and knobs. What have you been up to this week? So I have been wrecking my ribs earlier in the week and then coming to work on Tuesday and just trying to play catch up and going to lots of comedy shows in the evening because the fringe is on and having sore ribs and going to comedy shows is not a good combination. <laughs> um, and uh, precisely, how did you hurt your ribs? I can't talk about it. <laughs> so, so I was in a fight, right? <laughs> Albeit with a mattress, a very comfortable large mattress which attacked me. And yeah, it's it's more painful for my bruised ego than for my ribs. But Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing. Bless you for asking me. <laughs> well done, Tom. Um, before we start properly, I need to say that Travelness support Gossip Protocol by giving us the time and resources to produce this podcast and our blog, but they don't retain any editorial control. Right, well, today we're going to talk about work-life balance on the podcast. Um, who would like to kick us off? Uh, I guess that could be me. Um, I think an important thing to do at the start is probably define what the work-life balance is, or in a negative sense, what's a bad work-life balance. Because yeah. if we know that, then we can avoid it and improve our lives. So what's your take on that? A poor work-life balance would be overly prioritising your work and not having time for, say, loved ones and social activities and stuff that keeps you mentally healthy and physically healthy, rather than just sat in front and racking your brain over all the problems that you face in your work life. So what is it that, in your opinion, would make you have a poor work-life balance? Because the way you've described it, it's like, there's work sat here and there's loved ones and doing nice things and going out and having a drink and eating over here. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it would be easy to keep those in balance? Uh, I guess random pressures in work and deadlines and stuff like that probably factor in quite a lot. And I don't know, feeling dedicated to finishing your work or yeah, just pressures in general, to be fair. Will yeah. make you feel like you should be working far much harder than you should be. Yes. And Sorry, Tom. I was going to say, um, finishing is a very interesting thing because for me, closure is a big part of how well I sleep. Like if I am doing some work and there's something on my mind, I can't just leave it. It's still on my mind when I get home and my loved ones are very aware of the fact because I talk about it, like the thing I'm working on is this and, you know, um, and maybe that's not a healthy thing. But um, So work-life balance is not about being in work at your desk and not being at work. Correct. Um, so it's about carrying that stuff around with you. So the pressures that you're feeling, are they self-imposed? They are entirely self-imposed, but it's kind of the way I'm wired from sort of problem-solving puzzles, things that are intriguing, interesting, things you're learning. You want to be learning all the time. And 
yeah, just things that are, there's always something going around in my head, and it just happens to be that unless I finish it at the end of the day, and then I can then I'm fine. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think majority of things are entirely self-composed. We're very lucky to be able to work on things that we enjoy and work on in a company that we enjoy working for. So it does get to the point where you're just working and working, one, because you enjoy it and you want to see things through to fruition, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, one thing I find that really helps for that specifically is being able to draw a line underneath the working day. So one thing that I, I find helps, and it completely depends on how, what your employer and your workplace is like, but having a beer in the kitchen with colleagues, at the end of the day, you talk about what you've done, and by reiterating it, you kind of go, oh, that was a lot of work. That is a, a, a good day's work done. I can call it a day now. I generally don't take part in the desk beers and stuff, and I um, finish up for the day, and then I head home. But then I've got, uh, like, 45 minutes on the train um, to sort of like wind down to think about the day to start switching into um, the mode of okay I'm going to be at home soon have to look after the kids have to have dinner have to do lots of other things um, is so the, the whole despair and the winding down at work is something that I'm not really used to um, so is that do you do it because you're used to it or do you do it because you don't have the opportunity to wind down outside of work or is it like a, just a kickstart? I guess it's a combination of, of, of some of those things and there is, there's certainly some things I do out of habit that lead to bad work-life balances but yeah it's one it's ceremony uh, the, the solo version of that ceremony is going home putting some elasticated trousers on and drinking a bottle of wine so that, that, <laughs> the, the desk beer is the healthy version and the social version of that ceremony uh, but yeah it's, it's also that being able to sort of talk about it say out loud what I did well, hey what are you working on hey I'm working on this and it makes me realise that what I've done is a good day's work mm -hmm. and that it is actually a substantial amount of work and I don't go home like, did I do enough? Did I, I could have got done this, I could have done that. And I feel less bad about the thing Tom mentioned about like, not completely solving the problem and not completely shipping the feature at the end of that working day. So it, it, it draws a line under for me. Oh, that's good. I had not appreciated that at all, I have to say, of, of, of that part of uh, the desk beer. Um, I thought it was just the alcohol um, <laughs> it's obviously well. enough, yeah. but it's interesting that we all have our little rituals so I sort of wear a uniform to work it's not one that's mandated by travel nurse but it's one that makes me feel like I am in work mode and the people who work here will probably notice that I generally wear the same thing day in day out or the same type of thing and then I go home and I take it off and then I'm not I, I put either clothes on um, <laughs> um, uh, and then I'm, I'm not at work so it's that, that type of ritual for separating yeah. your work and, and your, the rest of your life is, I, I think it is important. And that the one thing obviously I don't get from mine is the sense of closure on the day. So I do have things that carry on wandering through my mind after that because I haven't resolved them. Um, and not in the sense that Tom's meaning as in finally something, but just not gone, yeah, that's where I got to. I think having them play over in your mind is inevitable in some cases where but it's not letting them affect your life part of the balance thing mm -hmm. uh, that's the big ask whereas you, you can just have things playing over and playing over but as long as it doesn't affect what's happening in your family or at home or or the activities you're doing outside of work then I don't think it's too big a problem what well, I found that as well anyway. Yeah, I find when it does impact me, I'm sort of like, I am worried about some Googling stuff. And yeah. like, I should be getting ready on a Saturday to go out, see the family or whatever. And I was like, I just I wonder whether I did this. <laughs> like coding or like 
Googling for answers to problems mm-hmm. that aren't completely work related, and that's that's when it gets a little bit nasty. You know the quote, is it Mark Twain, the the one about find a job you enjoy doing and you'll never work a day in your life. That's total nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and if anything, it's sort of a curse because you do enjoy it, so you do it when you're not at work, and maybe you need to be able to draw that line some way. There's a a feeling that I have within the software industry that a lot of people choose this job and this role or maybe I've just been lucky in the people I worked with uh, because they enjoy it and it's what they would do outside of work and therefore a lot of the problems that they're solving they're actually interested in solving the problem and getting to for them what is a satisfying resolution uh, to that problem and that can mean and I'm guilty of this you know you go home and you think "Ah, that wasn't quite right Um, I want it to be right and it's not at that point, it's not pressure, and you don't feel under pressure to get it right, but it's like, I enjoy doing this, and I enjoy thinking about it, I enjoy thinking about, well, it could be done this way, it could be done that way. And the whole work-life balance thing becomes very uh, fuzzy. What's, it's, it's an interesting definition of life at that, <laughs> at that point, yeah. um, because is it okay to just keep thinking about things that you enjoy all the time um okay in the sense of healthy okay in, it's a healthy yes probably not but i still get a kick out of it so i keep doing it i don't know that that's a good thing yeah i guess because what we do is uh, about solving problems like thinking about that stuff i guess is healthy in 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 certain measures for you know keeping mentally active, not just sitting there in front of, I guess, the TV for hours on end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the agonising over it to the point where you lose sleep or dream about being at work so much yes. you wake up and feel like you never left work is yeah. is really bad. Yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah. I mean, we're in, going back to my previous point, we are, I think we're in a pretty, pretty privileged position being in software that in general we do enjoy what we do and being able to do it outside of work as well we're actually able to take our job home because we've got laptops and not a job but our hobby as it were home and but you can have too much of a good thing and just because we like it doesn't mean it's it's good to keep going so talking about a healthy work-life balance what's the responsibility that an employer has to um to a healthy work-life balance I think the freedom part of that is really uh, important because everybody's definition of a work-life balance for them is going to be different. Um, so instead of being stringent and saying like, oh, you must be working nine to five, if you stay late, then you're obviously not adhering to this work-life balance, you must go home. It's more of a, it's a trust thing. It's built to trust people to know their own limits with work and everything else that's going on in their lives. And I think that's the main thing that an employer can do is trust and give them the freedom to choose themselves. Yeah, I mean, if your employer can trust you and they can hire people who trust themselves, this sort of, say, new trend for flexible working hours or, you know, not clock watching or, you know, infinite, in inverted commas, uh, holiday, etc., is really good. If you can trust people to manage their own uh, well, you know, mental well-being and their own time and not worry that it's a trick or it's a trap or that uh, you know, grinding yourself into the dirt is some path to promotion. But that's ideal, that's like almost like a hands-free version for your employer, right? It's like, I trust you to look after yourself, 
here's the resources to look after yourself, but also please do a good job. I think that's great. But I do know people who uh, who worry that they won't get that promotion if they take more than their annual holidays. That they're not seen at their desk. That someone somewhere, the bad man or woman out there, will go, "Why weren't you at your desk at nine? And why did you stop till five? Uh, I think people. There's maybe there's a responsibility on the business to help people through that. Is there a duty of care also to notice when people are not managing that themselves and to allow them to learn how to manage by giving them support, by training or whatever, or basically every so often just to tap on the shoulder and like, yeah, go home um, or take a holiday or whatever. Um, do we think that should be part of the employer's responsibility or is that part of your colleague's responsibility? So how would, if you were an employer, if you were Doug, how would you um, ensure that your employees stayed mentally healthy with a good work-life balance? Um, I think it's about building a caring team around them because it's not just an individual dealing with this and it shouldn't be the responsibility of a boss or a manager to be involved with one person. If we have a team of people that care about us and can notice these things and these different trends that might be abnormal that they're staying far too late or whatever and they can see this in them, then I think that helps a lot with, you know, getting them on the healthy path again or even just asking them if everything's all right and encouraging them to reassess what they're, what they're doing with the work-life balance. Also, I feel that we've got a good team here and people do say that to each other. You know, if someone comes in and they're looking a bit ropey, it's like, yeah, no, just go home, we'll sort it out. Don't worry about it. But what happens if, um, if it's actually the work that's causing that? A company needs to take a step back. And if that is happening, then reassess. I think if you recognise it and acknowledge it, and I guess it's it's somehow quantifying that that mental burden of, of all the parts. So, the, what we just mentioned about going home and worrying about stuff. You know, if, if someone's under a lot of pressure during the standard working hours, that will echo into their you know the, the hours after work, and you, that's that's something you've got to be careful of. And as well, if you see employees working long hours at, at the weekend. You, you need to be saying, you know, if you do have the flexible policy, the policies are fairly flexible, you know, have a line on a Monday morning, take next Friday off. I, I you know, as much as Andrew said, it's like you, if you're on a good team, people will say, oh, you know, I saw you on Slack at half ten last night asking how to restart this, this server, you know, maybe take next Monday off and just chill out a little bit. So, yeah, I think we all need to be mindful and the company I, 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 as a whole has to be aware of how this stuff kind of affects us. Cause even if you're superhuman, you're going to get burnt out. Yeah, absolutely. And so how do you feel a company should respond to that? Is it just by giving, as Andrew suggested, just by giving not just individual freedom, but team freedom to say, um, yeah, this person's tired, just take some time off. Or this person only works three and a half days this week because they've worked a, a weekend. And not quibble about it and not, you know, say why you it's it's like having an open attitude but do they have to positively say anything i think maybe this way of working is new enough uh and maybe alien to some people that it just needs to be reinforced i guess the problem is with these like flexible policies no one wants to just go hey it's a free-for-all and everyone goes and takes the piss about it but at the same time we should be taught these are tools that we are given to help ourselves manage our own time manage our own mental health and we need to be taught how to use the tools. Like if you come into, say, this company and you don't know how uh, Agile or Scrum works, someone will explain to you how the Jira board works, how we do standards, etc., etc. But it's no one wants to speak too loudly about the tools we're given to manage our own time and things like that. 
I, I think that's a really interesting point because you don't get taught that. You know, understanding that you're enjoying what you're doing, but it's mentally draining. Um, and I'm not just talking about software engineering, I'm talking about any um, work is going to be draining and therefore you need a break and make sure you realize that and understand that. So is that a society problem then? Because I, I don't see many people doing that. In, so I've been working for 20 odd years and there are very few people that I've seen that will do that. And I've only recently started doing that, of recognizing it in myself and then taking the time. Do, you know, what's, what's your experiences with that type of thing? I think we are very lucky and this is um, very new to me with this whole flexible policy of things where whenever I mention the fact that oh, unlimited holidays, you must be so lucky whenever I speak to anyone and mention it, they just, they're baffled by the fact that that's, that's the idea behind it. And they usually follow up with, so why don't you just take the whole year off? <laughs> Brilliant things, which would be great, but <laughs> probably not ideal. Um, yeah, it's definitely a new thing and it, I think it does need to be encouraged in a lot of different places. So how did you find the switch in mindset yourself then? Um, so I took, I think when I came here and got introduced to it, it was, um, I was told that the majority of people don't take the holidays, even though they're unlimited, and most people end up taking less, which mm. I thought was ridiculous. So I kind of, I kind of took it upon myself that, oh, I'm going to take lots of holidays, <laughs> which might be a bit of a selfish thing, but um, I don't know, my, again, my girlfriend gets quite a lot of holidays, so I'm kind of matching her, mm -hmm. which is good. It means that I'm flexible to match my life commitments, I guess, as well as taking time off if I'm working too hard. I mean, I did, I did that at my last employer. I came from another company that had the unlimited holiday deal, and I, you know, I thought, really? And I tested it, and nobody batted an eyelid. I took a large amount of holiday, but I also put in a lot of effort when I was at work, and being refreshed like that allowed me to do you know, really good things. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was great to be able to do that. It is strange to get out of the mindset, because I've been here for what, three months now, and I think I've already taken more holiday than I did in a year at my old place sort of thing. But again, nobody bats an eyelid, and not in a bad way. It's, it comes down to the trust thing again. As long as you're doing your work and you're producing results, then why not take a few days off? Yeah, absolutely. So in my capacity as living memory in this company, um, so in the 30 years I've been working, I would say that literally this is the first place where I've encountered this um, it's so alien. I come from video game background where you you arrive, you don't even arrive early, you arrive as late as you can because you know you can't leave. And, you know, the mentality <laughs> is literally, if somebody stands up to leave at the end of the day, there is a visible and audible, you know, oh my God, where are they going? <laughs> because um, crunch hours are the norm, it's still the case in the industry um, yeah so it's, it's and it's just that's the culture uh, there was one game studio in brighton who tried it out t uh, nine to five no internet obviously not no internet but no social media all those things and that worked fantastically well for them but they went under eventually but it's yeah it's this is really really new to me it's quite jarring because you feel this is okay i can do this and you kind of look around no one bats an eyelid and it's so refreshing it's not all. Uh, it's not all uh, like 
fantastic. We're not we're not sitting here taking like half the year off. Like both of my previous employer and this employer, I have done crunch time, and I, you guys have done some crunch time with me, right? Uh, because it needs to be done. But it's that trade off. It's like you know if you if you're going to work your staff hard, you need to allow them that time. As we discussed, the balance, the time to to relax. I think one of the reasons it works is because people don't take the piss. Uh, people respect the team, they respect that the team has work to do, the company has a goal to fulfill, and therefore they take time off, but it's in full knowledge of everyone that, that needs to know. You know, if, you're, if you come in one day and say, I'm going to take the next five weeks off without giving anyone any notice, then hopefully we wouldn't have employed you in the first place, but <laughs> no one does that. And I think that's why it works. I mean, so trust has to be given, but it also has to be uh, maintained, the trust relationship. Just regarding that, I'd like to <laughs> that's just, a point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the whole illness there, I was gonna say, I mentioned to some of you guys uh, earlier, was that the flexible and lenient holiday policies, I find mean that staff are more likely to take time off when they are ill. They realize they work in a flexible environment where people should be looking after themselves. And people aren't dragging themselves in with like terrible colds and affecting half the office. It's just generally healthier to work in that kind of environment. Yeah, I think in all places as well. I, I think it is in this place, but it's kept as unlimited where time off shouldn't be blockaded into this is your ill time off, this is your um, uh, grievance leave, or uh, this is your holiday leave. It should be you've got this much time to take off for whatever purpose you need. I totally agree around the um, being ill and being able to take time off for yourself because those things in other companies, I've, I'm, so I'm in the same boat as Tom, I've not been anywhere else that have had a flexible work or an unlimited holiday policy like we have here. Um, and those things like being ill or grieving or anything that's out of the ordinary and not planned doesn't happen in a planned chunk and doesn't affect you in a planned chunk. It's always up and down. It's, it's like work. It's like you, you have your crunch times and you have hopefully long periods of, of non-crunch times, but then it can be crunch, a little bit of um, non-crunch, then a little bit of crunch, and then it slowly fades off. And it's the same, especially with anything that um, would affect your health, whether that be mental or physical. It comes and goes. Um, so having to say oh I'm gonna take um, three days off because of um, a family member dying and I'm gonna be fine after the three days I'm just come back in it doesn't make any sense <laughs> you know you wouldn't expect that of a relative and of a friend um, so why do we expect it in in the workplace and it's great here that we don't I think a few companies and a few places have tried to um, hone in on the work-life balance and dictate it slightly. Uh, I know there are places that do a four-day week or in Sweden they've just finished trialing the whole six-hour day to give people more time to uh, have a life, I guess, uh, yeah. in the evening. Um, in a lot of circumstances it feels like they're gimmicks and they're there to attract people in and I wonder how much the companies have actually thought about the impact on what they deliver. Uh, a company needs to understand that that's what they're going to have to do to maintain the same level of output that they did before is actually employ more people that are working fewer hours rather than just expect the same workforce just to have a day off and still produce the same output. Uh, 
does an infinite amount of holidays seem like a gimmick as well for a company? Yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, for a lot of companies, it is. And again, it comes back to what we were saying earlier about trust. Um, you have to actually understand what it means, but also the people you're employing have to understand what it means. And know that, yeah, an infinite number of holidays just means we aren't going to track it. You still have responsibilities. Um, and you employ people that have those responsibilities. But I feel, so all these are the same, it's just in, in terms of that and the employer needing to understand what um, their responsibilities are as well as the employee's responsibility. But the infinite holiday is a bit easier to implement, I feel, than the, um, the things that reduce your capacity. Um, so the infinite holiday, you could say, yeah, it does reduce capacity, but it's down to teams agreeing that we have this amount of work to do and therefore you can take the time. Whereas as soon as you're saying it's a four-day week, you've immediately just locked off a fifth of your capacity. Um, and I'm not convinced that any employers that I've heard that do that actually take that into account, either by saying that we are working a fifth less or by saying, therefore, we have to employ more people. If someone says you've got six hours in your work day because we can take our stuff home and we know that there's a, a target to hit, you'll potentially do the extra work to make sure the target's hit, even though you theoretically have a six hour work day. So I think it, it needs to be more than just um, lip service. It has to be with that type of policy, you need to say, and the obvious downside of it is that we're going to have less output, therefore we are going to mitigate that by doing A, B and C. Yeah. I guess well you need to be explicit in why you're doing that. You could, it could be that the, there's lots of useless meetings. We're going to do it on a six hour day, everyone will feel they need to get as much done, but what it will force is, like say, good me meeting hygiene or w yeah. whatever the, yeah. the goal is. I think if you have flexible holiday, flexible hours, then that allows you to decide how you want to work. But these companies that have these policies, they may be, and in some cases, maybe not explicitly saying what they want to achieve from them, but they probably should. Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, it, it is all about clarity. And I think maybe a lot of companies don't know why. It's just, you see that all oh, the industry's going that way. We know we'll attract people if we say this. And people join because they go, well, that must be a progressive company. And maybe people don't actually know what they want out of a yeah. four-day week. If Google um, are doing it, we can be Google. Yeah. Like that. yeah, and you know that bandwagon jumping for anything, no matter even if it's something good, is you need to understand why you're doing it. Um, otherwise, you, you don't get anything out of it. So. Yeah. As aside from like the, the the nice perk that we enjoy that maybe isn't common yes. to most of the people, there's uh, flexible flexibility in working from home. I think allows you to win a lot of. Uh, that work-life balance back, like it, it, most people, I mean, I, I, I'm walking distance, but I enjoy the walk, I, getting the buses during the fringe is a living nightmare. <laughs> uh, but if I can work from home for a couple of days, I wrestle back between, you know, one and a half and two hours every day, maybe not that much, but you know, it, so if I am feeling under pressure, it allows me to wake up very leisurely, start working from home, and then at the end of the day, whenever I call it, that, that's me. I'm in a comfortable environment. I mean, I like socializing with my team. I really like coming into the office. I like being in, in the city center. So I, it's not something I would do all the time or every day. If a company can do anything, flexibility is in like, you don't have to book it a week in advance and it, there are no, no, not being too strict about working from home allows me you to claw some of this back if you're feeling 
any pressure. I think working from home is a great thing, but this is more of a question. How do you um, separate the fact that you're at home and that should be your sort of life place from your workplace? Because I certainly can't. I think I have to, I need to have a cordoned off area of the house and be locked in a room to actually get some work done. Otherwise, I'm just sat on the sofa and there's a telly in the background and that's about it and I can't get anything done. I know, see, see, for me, it comes down to what we, we spoke with the uh, the top of the show was about that, like, you're always fixed in solving something, Googling answers to problems or search engine of your choice of the problems and, and writing code. Like, that's how I was self-taught. So that's, that's how I learned. So I was used to working that way as I taught myself. And that's what I'm doing when, you know, I'm not being negligent of my family as I'm sitting there with a laptop doing some coding. So it just feels like second nature, like anywhere in my house, I crack my laptop open or I'm on the bed or the sofa. I mean, I normally work from my dining table or sort of a small cubby where I've got an office set up. So that those working primarily from those areas just mean I go, this is the area where I work. But I guess I'm lucky because I don't have to do that. It's just, I can just go into work mode, which probably isn't healthy. <laughs> 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 and, and I would say that where, when I'm at home and work from home, so I've got an office, so I have that, you know, this is a separate place. I do need that as well. Um, and a lot of the times just stop the kids from running in. Um, but also I have the tele on in the background. I have music on loud. Um, you know, I will occasionally just sit and watch the cricket for 15 minutes and stuff like that. And it is very much, uh, you're working from home, you're still doing the work, but you have things around you that you can use. And as long as they're not, um, you know, you're not focusing on those things and not doing your work, then I think it's perfectly valid to have all these things going on. I was yeah. going to bring something up about the fact that we use Slack as our means of work, you know, some kind of means of communication, which makes it possible to be aware of what's going on in work when you really shouldn't be aware of what's going on in work. And that it's like at the weekend when a production problem comes up and there's a part of people here who have just a very good nature and they're conscientious who feel like they can't just ignore it. But really, how should that be dealt with? One thing that I've found uh, that helped this in the past, or rather helped us preempt it, was my previous employer. We, when we were on call, we got paid for accepting the phone call and how many how the hours we were live on call. But we also got paid a set amount for just being on call. Yes. So what it made us do was build very robust systems with a load of fail-safes or things that would allow other people to diagnose them at different levels of support. So you could basically get free money. So there's this great incentive to yes. build this system where so. you just got paid for doing nothing. But it, you know everyone benefited from it. So mm -hmm. it, was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> With the whole thing for Slack at home, how many people take their laptops home at the weekend? I take my laptop home all the time, and that's in case I need to work from home the next day. So again, having um, the flexible policy um, coupled with having kids, um, it means that a lot of the time you don't know if you need to work from home. Um, and so therefore I just take my, my laptop home. But I, I never look at my laptop when I'm at home. if unless I really, really need to, unless I planned to do it in that time period. Whereas my phone is just always on me. And so that's, that's the problem I have with that. There was one thing that I was thinking about when it comes to work-life balance, and it's, it's slightly uh, tangential, but again, it, it comes back to the fact that we 
enjoy what we do and therefore we're in I feel unfortunately we're in a minority um, in society um, so we have the opportunity to um, because we enjoy what we do we're invested in it a lot more and um, we learn a lot about what we're doing and so we can chop and change a lot more and we're in an industry where we don't actually have a domain as software engineers we get to go into other companies learn their domain and then apply our expertise to it and in some ways that keeps the job fresh and uh, keeps it going and I do have a worry for obviously as life spans are getting longer I know that I'm pretty old and I still got I suppose about another 20 years of work to go and I've never as a developer I've never sat there and gone hmm can I do this for the next 20 years the answer is just yes I can it's what I want to do but I worry for my kids that you know when they grow up they will then be potentially the age you live to on average is 80, 90 or something like that, therefore you work for so much longer. We're so tuned as a society to a single career lifestyle. And I don't believe you can have that anymore. I mean, I wonder how we're setting our kids up for a, a good work-life balance throughout the whole of life when life is hitting a century. You know, because we don't have that as a way of thinking and a way of working. I hope I'm bringing up my kids in a way that gives them that sense to try something, see how it goes. If it doesn't work, then you know, take what you learn from there and apply it somewhere else. Um, but they're very young, so who knows whether it's actually <laughs> going to work. Um, but at school, it's still very much, uh, you know, you you're training for a career. You know, you go to university to do one thing. You go to college to do one thing. You then get your job and you stay in that job and and it's any thoughts around that so I, t I totally agree that it should be you're never going to be stuck in one thing for the 40 50 years that you're going to be working i started doing uni at uni doing architecture and hated it because they tried it and it just wasn't for me and then i moved completely onto physics and just a logical way of thinking and solving problems which then led me to where i am now so it's another little change and I love what I'm doing now. It's fantastic solving all these problems in these fantastic new technologies. Whether it's what I'm going to be doing in 15 years' time, who knows? But I, I'm very much enjoying it now, and I'm going to take advantage of that. And Did you yeah. find any resistance to you wanting to make those changes at that um, early stage? No, I think I was quite lucky um, in that I could say that things weren't for me and I had people around me who were very um, what's the word supportive yeah. um, in the changes that I was making and they went they bent over backwards for me basically to try and ensure that I was on the path that I wanted to be on which was yeah I think I'm quite lucky with stuff like that but I think if you're thinking of changing career I think it's a different thing you have to take a lot of risks there's I don't like to talk about money but there's a big financial um, burden if you decide to do something like that if you've got a family to support mm -hmm. or something like that it might hamper your decision if you're like oh, I'm not like where I am right now I'd love to be teaching or I don't know a construction worker or something like that and you have to think about other things and it might 
stop you from pursuing what you are meant to be doing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you, if you want to change career, like this is a good one to leave till the end, right? Because you just have to, as I mentioned earlier, just use your search engine of choice and how do I do this? And <laughs> copy and paste some code from Stack Overflow will be your... I've done this the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. leave us right yeah. to the end. <laughs> well, it is also, I mean, because this industry moves so quickly or the, the part of it that we're in the software industry is, it just keeps changing. You know, it's like I started out in, and I'm going to say C, and there'll be people going, oh, I started out in assembler, it's just, but you know, now people start out in Java, if they're old school, and you know, it's Python, and, and these waves come through the industry, and you get to learn constantly, you get to change, you get to keep self refreshed. And as a, um, as a society, it is, hard to see how many industries there are that allow you to do that. I guess what we're worrying about the future, so kids today are going to live to be 100, 200s. I guess they've got to worry about, I guess, the war with the machines. Yeah. I mean, maybe they get lucky and there's matter replicators and then we're all just on holiday all the time. I mean, it's either going to be amazing or terrible or somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That is true. Um, yeah, Okay, we're done. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll see what we get out of that. So that game. Click, 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 click. So click, click, click. Nah. Yeah. So those are our thoughts on work-life balance. We hope you enjoyed our chat and are now making plans for the inevitable alien apocalypse. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to leave them on our SoundCloud page or on Twitter at TravelNestHQ.